Hello, welcome to SEI Talk Pro4. Pro4 is a podcast run by the SEI Communication Division together with the Community Outreach Division that will be posted by monthly. Here we will be talking about various topics that will accompany you during your journey in I3L. Now, before we begin, let us introduce ourselves. My name is Marcela Pangaduan from Food Science and Nutrition 2021. My name is Nicholas Aiputra Gunawan from Food Technology 2021. And my name is Jerry Tanadel from Food Technology 2021. In today's episode, we have Audrey Laurelia-Pua from Community Outreach Division as the host, and we have Celine Shalakna from Pharmacy 2019 as the guest speaker. They will be discussing a relatable topic, especially for those of you who are currently experiencing anxiety due to transitioning from online to offline classes. Enjoy! My name is Audrey Larelakwa as the host, and I have my lovely guest here. Hi, my name is Salim Shalavna. Thank you for being here. Can you tell us about a bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. Um, I'm from Core 2019 Pharmacy, and I'm currently in my seventh semester, while also starting uh, to prepare for my thesis. Okay. We're very glad to have you here. So let's just get started on our topic. So first things first, what do you think about anxiety? What do I think? It's something that affects a lot of people that I know, including myself. I think we all as humans have at some point experienced anxiety. Is there any like defin- definition maybe that you know about anxiety? Well, I do Googled it a few days ago and from some sources, including the Cambridge Dictionary, of course, uh, anxiety is a feeling of uneasiness, nervousness, worry about something that might happen in the future. And you worry because it's uncertain to you and it's probably a bad outcome. Okay, so it's like directly related to overthinking. Yeah, really close. So after knowing all of that, knowing the definition, what could be the possible causes behind anxiety itself? So from a podcast that I've heard from Spotify, it's it's titled Owning It by Carolyn Farron, if I'm not mistaken. So there's actually this episode talking about how anxiety generally stems from fear of judgment and I think that is really accurate because most of the time you get afraid of a certain outcome not because well of course you are afraid the bad thing will make a certain inconvenience for you but most of the time it's the fear of judgment of what other will see you how other will perceive you if you fail at something you you fear that others will see you as a failure instead of just making a mistake. And every anxiety, so whether it's anxiety in academic performance or in social life, I think we all fear that people will judge us. So if we just approach someone new and get to know them, greet them, what if that people will think I'm weird? What if that people don't like me? We fear to be judged and thus rejected socially in the cases of social anxiety. And in academic performance, I think, um, especially in hands-on lab right now, 
we may have some fear that what if I do this wrong yeah. and then the whole experiment is yeah. ruined and how will my friends see me? Maybe yes. yeah. So it all stems from fear of judgment. Yeah, I think we all experience that, especially as science students that we always laugh a lot. Definitely. Yeah. We're afraid that we what what would happen if the teacher sees this and da 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 da. So for that, uh, is there any tip on how to manage anxiety? Uh, I do. I actually have some tips from various sources, which I can't really tell you because I myself don't remember. There's still a lot of it. And one of the things is, so with anxiety, in a way, you lack confidence to do something. So in order to manage that anxiety, you have to have confidence in whatever you're planning to do. And to have confidence, there's... Uh, from a podcast I heard, uh, Stephen Bartlett's podcast. So he discussed that in order to be confident in something, it's actually the same as when we do our experiment. How are you going to be confident on your results? You do it for many times. You repeat the experiment. You do it in duplicates, triplicates. So to have confidence, you have to familiarize yourself with your situation, yeah. condition, whatever it is that you're planning to do, you have to gain experience. You do trials and errors until you are confident that, oh, after so many tries, I have always get this result. And then you can say you are confident on this credible data that you have from experience. And that is how you get confidence, basically. Yeah. And another thing is, So, but still, when you're trying to gain that experience, you have to make the first step sometimes. So in something new, you would make the first move. And in that case, it would mean you have to step out of your comfort zone. So regarding this, you can't really say, I can manage my anxiety because I have had the evidences. And so you have to actually, instead of, I think how most of us try to manage anxiety is that we 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 tell ourselves that you can probably do it. It's okay. You can do it. You can manage it. This is a piece of cake. And I don't think that's a really good solution because you will still keep thinking, but what if I don't? What if I can't? What if I still fail? And actually... If you try to think it as, well, even though if I fail, it's okay. Because we're all human and we make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And people, yeah, people will totally tolerate us if they knew it is the first time that we're doing something. And so instead of fighting those anxious thinking, those anxious thoughts, I think it would be better if you made peace with it. So, uh, even though if you fail at something, do a mistake, you can just remind yourself that it's okay. And even though if people do criticize you, thinking that, oh, why, why can't she just do this little piece of cake thingy? This is so easy. You have to remember that sometimes what is right and wrong it's very subjective. Like, 
what is the right thing for person A can be different from person B because it's all based up based on our upbringing and we all have different upbringings this is very accurate for people from different cultures even if we're in the same Jakarta Jakarta Timur and Jakarta Barat we all have different cultures what's normal in West Jakarta may not seem normal in East Jakarta and so it's okay to receive critics from people it's okay that you are judged by people because in a way even though you're very likable and you're such a great person in the end there will still always be that one person yeah. to hate you to dislike you even our celebrities who we think are just awesome and so talented and stuff yeah they all have haters yeah that's true so yeah just make peace with those anxiety and if you realize if you're aware that every one of us actually have anxiety in our own ways then yeah i think you can just be calmer with that and not too pressured and even as learners we all have to remember that every expert was once a beginner true very true so talking about students do you have any tips on how to manage anxiety during this transition from online to offline i think that would depend on what the students anxieties are if their anxiety is so i've actually asked a few of my friends about this what are their anxiety in going from online to offline and most of them said that they're anxious on their offline presentation <laughs> do you yeah. are you <laughs> yeah, yeah i can't really because during online we can just read our sticker notes yeah and read our scripts and everything is just going to be fine and we so, can yeah. hide the participants yeah. in zoom so that <laughs> we don't we don't feel watched but Relation. here they're just in front of us yeah. right and then what if you forget your script during offline your offline presentation yeah. like your mind can go blank and just everything goes into ruins so a tip from me regarding that is to actually practice your presentation beforehand even the famous speakers they do still practice what they are going to present before they actually talk ted talk speakers they all practice beforehand and not just once or twice they actually practice it uh, memorize their script optimize it and also have their close one other people to watch their presentation so yeah i think it's connected to what with discuss before evidence you do trials and errors and after a few tra- times trying it you can become confident in what you're going to do the so, more we do something the more we are yeah. used to it right so, so familiarize yeah true true so regarding that that is one thing and rather than trying to memorize the script i think it would be safer for you to just try to understand the whole concept of what you're going to present so even if you forgot the words of your script you can still use other words that comes to mind because in the end you still have that uh, what do you call it yeah knowledge the whole concept of it so you can explain it in different words and you your mind won't go blank with that yeah that way 
And I think that is it regarding presentations. So another thing is, so during online learning, we all do our learning in our bedrooms, in our house. We don't move much. We just lays around all day. And now suddenly in our offline learning, we have to actually make time to prepare ourselves. And it also takes time and energy to go from our houses to the campus. Yes. I think we all experience lack of physical energy. And this also affects our mental energy, which affects our mood and yeah. our cognitive yes. performances that we can no longer study that well. It's harder to focus when we're tired. I think you really know that. We all yes. know that. I think we all get surprised when we just did our offline yeah. learning. For the first week especially. I think yeah. it, was, it was pretty hard on us. So I experienced it too, like I get really tired like after my first class even. Yeah, even though at class we do just sit still yes. and listen, but it's somehow taking more energy. Yeah, it's pretty draining actually. And so my tips, I have some tips in maintaining these energy and focus. So the first thing is actually <laughs> hydration. I'm sure you have heard this a lot, but a huge part of our brain is water and dehydration actually kills your brain cells. And I've read journals about it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I've read real journals, scientific journals. So if you experience dehydration, then for a long time, for a certain period of time, your brain cells can actually die. Drinking water, everyone. Yeah. And it's easier to then degenerate. And then this is also the same case with lack of sleep. So there's this thing called sleep apnea, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a chronic lack of sleep. And this affects your cortisol levels. Because, you know, during sleep, our body just regulates yeah. itself and Cortisol is a stress hormone. So when you are constantly being exposed to a high level of cortisol, this affects your focus. This affects your brain's cognitive performance. It actually, I, if I'm not mistaken, there are actually journals that studies how this high levels of cortisol can create more risk in developing Alzheimer's or even in the Alzheimer's patients, the, their brains will degenerate even faster. Mm -hmm. And this is, so these two are actually really important. This is the basic things that we know, <laughs> yes. but yet we still ignore, even till now. Even I do. I, I do too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, uh, so try to have two liters of water a day, seven till eight hours of sleep every day. And another thing is for to maintain your focus, what we eat actually affects our our mood. And you know, maybe some of us depends on coffee. Do you? Are you a coffee drinker? Oh, personally I don't really drink coffee every day, but I do drink it when I feel the need to. Yeah. Yeah, when I wanna work on tasks that I think is gonna take a toll on me, I do drink coffee. Yeah. I do that too. Yeah. 
I used to be really addicted to coffee, but when I wake up, the first thing that I would do is order coffee every day, mm -hmm. every day. And what I experienced is, yeah, during the first hours of your day, you get this tons of energy and you just feel like you can do it's anything. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you're ready for the day, whatever it is, your work that day. But after that, you will feel a drop of energy, a focus, your mood. Yeah. And it turns out, this is because when you drink coffee, in your blood, there will be this caffeine spike. And as far as the spike is, the incline is also as sharp. And during this incline is when you will feel like, oh, I'm suddenly having a bad mood. Mm. I'm suddenly feeling so, so tired. And I'm just no longer in the mood to work or to study or to do on your assignments. Mm. And this is actually quite a problem because that high level of caffeine only lasts for a certain period of time. Usually like after lunch, I would experience that drop. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about how other people experience that, but that's in my case. And in journals is also written that also kind of a problem for many people. And an alternative option for that is actually matcha. Do you mm. like matcha? Yeah, I do like matcha. Lots of us love matcha. Yeah. And the thing with matcha is it has a high level of antioxidants, which is good for your body. It's healthy. Yeah, very healthy. And it also has caffeine. It has a caffeine content, content higher than that of your regular green teas, but still lower than coffee. The thing that differs from coffee is that Matcha also has this thing called L-theanine. And this L-theanine works together. I don't know if they actually work together, but their activities, L-theanine and the caffeine in matcha, is linked together. That when you drink matcha, your caffeine level will also rise, but to a level more stable than that of when you drink coffee. coffee. Yeah. So you won't have, have that spike and also that sudden drop. But... Throughout your whole day, you will have a stable level of caffeine, high enough for you to focus, not feel tired. And then it actually um, induces a sense of calmness in you, for you. That's and right. a lot of people who used to be coffee addicts have been actually switching to matcha. And this is based on scientific journals. Yeah. Again, okay. I've read about it. And so... Drink matcha as an alternative for coffee. If you need that sudden boost, just need that boost to work on your assignments. And another thing is meditation. Okay. I think we've all heard this from many successful people. They yeah. do meditation in their early morning. Mm -hmm. And I used to really underestimate this, but then I stumbled upon this study that when you do meditation for a certain period of time, it actually affects your brain biologically. So there's this thing called neuroplasticity. So it's how your brain is actually quite flexible. And meditation can actually improve your prefrontal part, the prefrontal part of your brain, which is associated 
to your cognitive performances. And it could actually, for some people that is involved in the study, for the people that is involved in the study, they found to have shown a higher focus, calmness, and just a better cognitive function performances. You know, their memories improve and they can learn better. And so I've tried this. I don't feel that different yet, but I do feel that when you do meditation, you get the sense of just calmness and ease. And somehow meditation also lets you practice the focus. Yeah, and focus is a crucial thing in studying. Yeah. So if you want to be more really productive, you can try that. Of course, for everyone, it's probably gonna, they're gonna probably experience different things. But from what I've tried, it, it actually has some benefits. Okay. Those are very wonderful tips for managing anxiety. And I think what I can get is us focusing on our well-being first during the transition period so that we're ready for everything in campus. And for other than that, I also want to know about the studying tips that you've been doing mm. as students. Studying tips. I think rather regarding studying tips, we all have our own way in of studying. studying. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us are night owls. Some of us early cannot. Birds. Yeah, <laughs> early birds. So I think it depends on the people. Uh, since high school, what are how is your study habits? What, what, uh, how do you use to study for your exams? I think you can still try those methods if they still work for you. Because for me personally, how I study for exams during online learning and also in high school, it doesn't really work for me anymore somehow because. I used to be a night owl and I would study better during the night because it's just more peaceful and it's not too hot that I get distracted. Yeah. But now at these nights, I can't study a thing. I just cannot focus on anything. And I find myself better at learning things when I wake up really early in the morning, like around 6, 5 a.m., 4 even. So, yeah, I think... That's if, interesting. Yeah. You turn from a night owl to a really early bird. Yeah. I'm also surprised myself. So if you find that your old method no longer works, you can try adjusting. You can try new methods. Maybe, like me, you can change from a night owl or early bird. And another thing is there's this thing called a Super Mario effect. So I got this tip from a TED talk, actually. When you approach studying as trying to learn so that you can get a good score, mm -hmm. it would create this sense of fear that you would actually get a bad score, right? Yeah. So we all study for good scores. Yeah. And the speaker in that talk explains that this somehow causes people to not work that optimally, study optimally, because there's this fear. And people may just feel, how if after I have studied hard, I still fail? Yeah. So 
my studying will be in vain and people don't want that. So we tend to somehow give up a little bit. But if you reframe studying as a game, instead of trying to get a good score, there's been a study that, so the result that was found is that people actually learn better and they don't find it as learning, as studying, they just feel they're playing a game. And so I think you can, we can all apply this to our daily lives, to our learning, rather than fearing that we would get an ugly score, a bad score. We can just see it as this is a game and we're not, I mean, we're students. And we're bound to have bad scores yeah. sometimes. It's inevitable. And if you just try to enjoy it rather than putting too much pressure to it, I find myself having more ease and, in studying. And that also affects my focus. And yeah, so I can I find myself learning better when I'm not too pressured because mm-hmm. with this pressure you get really overwhelmed yes. and you lose focus. Okay. okay, so we've talked about a lot of things today. We started from talking about what anxiety is and after that we also talked about the possible causes behind them and Celine here, she has also given us a lot of tips to manage the anxiety that might come from the transition period. So. We really thank you a lot for being here with us today yeah, and we hope that the iTrail community and even people outside iTrail community can find this podcast useful. And is there anything you would like to add? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here today. Okay, I guess that is it from us, giving it back to the Communication Division from SEI. Oh wow, what an insightful conversation. Unfortunately, that is all for today's podcast. Thank you for listening and see you on the next episode.